You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning. My name is Jason, and I'm glad to be with you this morning. It was a couple months ago, Jane Repke, who's the leader of our Grow to Know, called me and she said, um, when you get a chance, come over, and I, I'd like to introduce you to the new cook that we have for Grow to Know. Uh, she just joined our team. Jane said, I, we, we knew that we were looking for a cook to be a part of our team, and so I asked somebody that I had worked with before. Jane had been a principal at a local elementary, and so um, she, she called this person, Tomessa's, or her first name, and she called Tomessa. She said, Tomessa, we really need somebody. And so Jane said, uh, Tomessa said, okay, reluctantly, okay. I went over to meet Tomessa not long after that phone call, and Tomessa looked at me and she said, Pastor, she says, I really don't know about working in this, in this job. I said, really? I said, what, what's your hang-up? She said, well, I'm just a little concerned that the roof might cave in. I said, I Tell me more. I'm not sure what you mean by the roof might cave in. She said, well, she said, um, you see, I just don't know about this, this church thing, this God thing. She said, I really don't know where I'm at. But I find myself here, Miss Jane, I love working for Miss Jane. And so I'm willing to give it a go. But I'm just telling you, Pastor, you have to be careful. If the roof caves in, you know why. And I'm just like... That's an interesting perspective. Tomessa is not the only one who shares that perspective. Lots of people in our world, lots of people that we interact with, that we might invite even to this place. In fact, maybe some of us today being here, think about our own sense of, of where are we at with God? Not just with church, but where are we at with God? And when we take an accounting of our life in that moment, when those around us take an accounting of their life, they may come to a conclusion that they may feel like they're an outsider to God. And yet I want to say to you and I want to say to Tomessa and to all the Tomessas that Jesus knows where everybody's at, the insiders and the outsiders. And Jesus has a way of coming and finding us, of looking for us, of calling us out, of wanting to have a conversation. This morning, we're going to look at one of Jesus' encounters with an outsider, a guy by the name of Zacchaeus who lived in a city called Jericho. If you've got your Bibles, if you've got the Schweitzer app on your phone, if you've got something, if you want to look it up, we're going to be in Luke 19, Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, the story of Zacchaeus and the story of Jesus going to the outsiders. Let's begin here. Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see the crowd. And so he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Who is Zacchaeus? We know Luke tells us that Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. What did that mean in his day, that he was the chief tax collector? Well, that meant that he was was pretty good at what he did. 
he had other tax collectors below him. But the thing about Zacchaeus isn't just there in the label of being a tax collector. The thing about Zacchaeus is that Zacchaeus lived in a town in Israel, or Israel that was occupied and run by Roman rule. And Zacchaeus was an Israelite, yet he worked for the Romans. Now he found a way to straddle a fence that a lot of people in his neighborhood didn't like that he was straddling. Because he was working for the outsiders and the the people that they didn't like. And not only was he working for them, but he may have been doing all kinds of deals on the side that were detrimental to his own people. And so they had something against Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus Zacchaeus did not have necessarily a whole lot of friends locally. He did have a collection of other tax collectors because he was a chief tax collector. He had done well for himself. Not only had he done well for himself to be to get to that place of a title, but he had amassed quite a fortune. And yet his fortune couldn't buy him love, as the Beatles saying. It couldn't buy him love. It couldn't buy him inclusion. It couldn't buy him acceptance. And so Zacchaeus, when he hears that Jesus is coming by, his interest is piqued because there are rumors, rumors that run through the tax collector crowd that one of their own, a guy by the name of Levi, or we might call him Matthew, Levi has encountered this preacher, this teacher, this this prophet. In fact, Levi Levi has joined his band of followers. And Zacchaeus begins to think. His interest begins to be piqued. He also hears another line that accompanies Jesus. And this line is this, that he, he welcomes sinners and tax collectors. In fact, he doesn't just welcome them, but he dines with them. He goes to parties at their place. And yet he's a guy who talks about God and being connected to God. And so Zacchaeus, being on the outside, is very interested. And so he begins to put his interest into motion. And when he hears that Jesus is coming through Nazareth, or coming through Jericho, and by the way, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. When Jesus is coming through Jerusalem, or coming through Jericho, Zacchaeus steps out of his his place of business and he begins to seek out where Jesus is at. But Zacchaeus has a problem. He's got a problem that I have, a problem some other people have. When you get around a crowd, uh, you may not be able to see, especially if you're on flat ground. Um, Zacchaeus was short. I'm short. KJ Rolke, our, our director of modern worship with the guitar and everything else up here, he's short too. Uh, we recently put KJ up in a tree. What's KJ look like in a tree? There you go. Zacchaeus got a problem. I told KJ, I said, uh, KJ, do you ever notice that, that in the Midwest, there's, I mean, everybody around us is tall, right? I said, have you ever been to New York City? Last summer I was in New York City, and I said, I kind of feel at home in this place. Everybody's just a little shorter. I think they, they sent all the tall people to the Midwest. Zacchaeus has a problem. He can't see. Can't see through the crowd. Crowds are interesting a phenomenon around Jesus. Throughout the Gospels, we see crowds gathering around him in many different places, many different times. And yet, Jesus has a struggle, it seems, to connect with people in the crowd. The crowd comes for lots of different reasons. The crowd is there. Some come with the same ambition, the same desire as Zacchaeus. They've heard something about who Jesus is, and so they want to see him. They want to be close to him. Other people in the crowd are just there to see a show, they're there to see the entertainment. Not everybody's there hungering, searching for God. 
John tells a story of a guy who was, who was sick and his friends had to carry him to Jesus. They wanted to get him to Jesus, but they couldn't get him to Jesus because the crowd was so great. And so they did, they did an unthinkable thing. They carried their friend to the top of a roof and they tore the roof off and they lowered their friend to Jesus. Jesus seemed to like, like moments like that when people had a passion and a desire to see him. This crowd wasn't let Zacchaeus look at Jesus. And I wonder in our own day if there are moments when those who gather around Jesus, the crowd, becomes a hindrance to letting people like Zacchaeus see Jesus. You think there are ever moments when, when people can't see us because, or they can't see Jesus because they've got to look around us and what we're presenting is, is too big? Sometimes that happens where we can, become, um, we can become pillars to people seeing Jesus. Like when we take ownership, maybe, of a, of a, of a church or, or a place in a church or of a position, instead of realizing that Jesus is the owner, Jesus is the one who directs us. I think one of the things I've noticed recently is that sometimes our causes within the church can become so great that they hinder people from seeing the Christ that we seek to follow. And our causes can range across the board. But whatever it is, the thing that we champion so much that can become a hindrance to people seeing Christ himself. Sometimes our causes take on more, we take on more passion and more energy for them than we do in following after Christ. Zacchaeus, he can't see Jesus because of the crowd. One reason is he's short. There may be all kinds of other reasons. So Zacchaeus does what Jesus applauds in other places. With a faint amount of hope, he goes running and he climbs up a tree. He says, I got to see this guy. He's got a faint amount of hope. It's incredible what God does with just a little bit of hope. Just a little bit of hope. You don't need a lot. Zacchaeus climbs a tree, and then we continue with the story. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name, and he said, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. The crowd grumbled. Um, You ever see anybody in a tree? Several years ago, when my daughter was three, she had a little friend who was about, he was four, they climbed a tree outside of some townhouses we were living in, and they were at the top of the tree, and they couldn't get down, and somebody came running in, and they said, your daughter's up a tree. And, and people started saying, uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to get her down? Somebody wanted to call the fire department. I'm like, no, nah, she got up the tree. She can climb down a tree. But what's your, first, what's your first thought when you see somebody in a tree? My first thought probably is not to say, I'm going to go to your house for dinner. But that was it. That was Jesus' thought. He's like, there's somebody who wants to see me, who wants to talk to me. There's somebody who's got what we might call 
the best sense of, of hubris that there is. He's passionate about seeing me. And so Jesus responds with that same kind of passion. You want to see me? I want to see you too, man. Let's go to your house today. Do you notice what the crowd did, though, in that place? They grumbled. They grumbled like, what in the world is Jesus up to? Does Jesus know who he's dealing with? Does Jesus know whose house he's going to? The crowd sees Zacchaeus as the guy that they've always known, the guy that they've been able to put a label on, the guy that they've, they've tagged as, as the guy who's, who says he's for us, but he's really against us. That's what the crowd sees. But Jesus, he doesn't see the label. Not the label at the moment. He sees Zacchaeus in all the fullness and the emptiness that he is sitting up in the tree. He sees Zacchaeus who has passions and drives. He sees a guy who wants to be connected and included and a guy who's on the outside. He sees a guy who's successful and a guy who worries about everything that he's brought in under his roof. He sees, he sees the fullness and the emptiness of that guy in the tree. And there's nothing better he can imagine than having a conversation with this dude who's in the tree and saying, Zacchaeus, I see all of, of you, but I want to remind you that you're somebody who's made in the image of God, that you bear the likeness of God. And you wonder, you wonder Zacchaeus, if you can be included in the circle of God, you wonder if you can be a son of Abraham. You wonder if you can be a true Israelite. I'm here to tell you that there's nobody, that there's nobody who can't be included in the circle that Jesus draws. You see, Jesus looks past all of the labels. The people in the crowd that day, they're great at putting labels on people, right? And we're really good ourselves. We see all kinds of labels, don't we? Jesus looks past the labels. He sees the image of God. He sees the likeness. He sees the handiwork of God. The imprint that's just waiting to be drawn out. Waiting to meet the living God. And so they go to Zacchaeus' house. And evidently they have dinner. They have a conversation. And then Luke Luke is like, um, well, he reminds me of like a reporter. You know, this last week, Angela Merkel, the, the uh, prime minister of Germany or president of Germany came and she had dinner with, with the president, Donald Trump, right? And they had a meeting, they had dinner. And then afterwards they had a press conference to talk about what they talked about. And Luke almost does the same kind of thing when he's telling us not what took place in, in the house, but he's telling us kind of the after action report when we read these next few lines. When he says, Zacchaeus, after dinner, stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this house today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. 
We never get an account from Luke about the conversation, the back and forth between Jesus and Zacchaeus. But Luke does give us this account that Zacchaeus is transformed when he meets Christ. That there's something different, there's something changed, there's something um, incredible about this meeting with Christ. Luke tells us this way, that salvation came to his house. He finds the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God present in his own life like he had never expected to see it before. And so there is this transformation that's at work between himself and God. And then it's almost like Zacchaeus realizes that, you know what, I've got to live out my days in this place called Jericho. And there may be, there may be people that I have cheated. There may be some things that I've not done right. And it's in that kind of moment, in that sense of transformation, in that encountering the fullness of God's goodness, that Zacchaeus begins to move from um, finding all of this grace and mercy present to him to beginning to imagine like, how does this get extended and how does this change the relationships with the people that I live with and the people I live around? How am I gonna talk about meeting God with people that I've, that I've cheated? How am I gonna talk about being a, a son of, of Abraham when people see me in my, in my wealthy estate? How does all of that mesh? And out of that sense of goodness and freedom, Zacchaeus says to Jesus, you know what, there's probably some restoration that I've gotta work on, that I've gotta put in place in this city of Jericho with people that I rub shoulders with every day. See, the grace and the mercy and the gift of God that Jesus gave to Zacchaeus is a free gift and it's all free to him. And yet it changes how he thinks about how he gets to live his life day in and day out. How do you live in relationship with other people? There's gotta be some restoration and Zacchaeus knows it. The grace that comes to him is good grace, but it's not a cheap grace. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a theologian in the, in the last century, mid-century, noted that across the church there are different times when we talk about grace and forgiveness and mercy without any sense of action coming out of it. And he called that kind of grace a cheap grace. It's a grace that that doesn't look for repentance. It has baptism without church discipline. It has communion without confession. But Christ calls us to a grace steeped in discipleship, in figuring out not only how can we love God, but how can we love our neighbor as well. And Zacchaeus is at that place. Like, Lord, I'm, I'm here, and I'm gonna commit to a path to move forward. Recently, I had a conversation with a neighbor of mine. Uh, I live out south of Stratford, and um, the neighbor was asking about one of the first guys that was ever baptized as a part of Church of the Center. Uh, my neighbor happens to know that guy from previous experience together. And he was like, how's that, how's that guy doing? I remember uh, soon after Matt was baptized, uh, I was having a, this conversation with my neighbor, and he's like, 
Do you guys really know who he is? Do you know his backstory? Do you know the story of what's happened in his life? I said, well, I, I don't really know the fullness of it like you do, but he says, this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. I just don't know how it's going to go. And so when he asked me a couple months ago, like, how's he doing? It reminded me that, that we live in a, we all live, Zacchaeus did and we do too, in a time where people wonder, like, is there really transformation that takes place? Is there really a movement from one thing to the next? And as Jesus stands before him, Zacchaeus says, there is a movement, not only in my own heart, not only in my own life, but in how I interact with the other people around me, there is a movement. And so Jesus, can you imagine? Can you imagine the look on Jesus' face when Zacchaeus says all of that? What's he thinking? What's the look on his face? On the one hand, I can't help but think that Jesus smiles. As he says, you know what? This is what I came for. To seek and save those who were lost. To connect people to God who were distant from God. To connect the outsiders. If uh, you're here today, wondering how does this connect with us? Well, let me just pose a few questions first to the insiders and then to the outsiders, because some of us have been on the inside for a long time. Here's a few questions for us. When we came to worship this morning, how did we come? What was the attitude of our heart or mind? Did we come looking for Jesus? Did we come because it's just something we do on Sunday morning? Did we come hungry? Did we say, I've got to have this life. I've got to connect to God. What motivated us? Here's another question. How do people see you as the crowd around Jesus? Are you somebody who grumbles? Or are you somebody who, who has a sense of hospitality like Christ did? Do you long to connect with people like Zacchaeus? Another question is, are you a good window? Are you somebody, see like these windows over here. These windows, you can see through them, right? And yet, they still look different because of the sun that shines through them. Are you like a window? Do you let somebody look at what God is up to in the world? Do people see God present in your life, active, moving in your life? Or do you have a cause that's bigger, in fact, than the cause of Christ? Does that block people's view? And here's, um, here's a final question. If Jesus invited himself over to your house, who else would he invite along? Who, or who would you invite to join you for the party? Jesus is interested in, in parties. Who would you invite? In fact, who would you invite to come to this place to interact with Jesus? And if you're an outsider, here's a few questions for you. What barriers exist that block your view of Christ? Sometimes those of us who are on the, on the inside, we, we lose sight of what's blocking people's perspective on Jesus. 
What can you say to us? What can you tell us? What's blocking your view of Christ? Where's there a catch in your own spirit? If you have a catch in your own spirit, let me encourage you. Ask some questions. Ask some questions. Secondly, if you've got a catch, are you climbing any trees? Zacchaeus was passionate. I have to see him. Are you passionate about finding a way to see who Jesus is and to connect with him? A third question for you. Have you become comfortable as an outsider? You know, sometimes we get comfortable with the tags that are applied to us or that we apply to ourselves, right? We get comfortable with our spot. and We don't necessarily want to move on to the inside. Uh, next week, there's a membership class that's taking place. Some, some of us get comfortable really being on the outside, being interested but never committing. Becoming a member is a way in which you can become here in this place, a disciple after Jesus. Now, does it mean that if you become a member that you're joining a perfect church? Well, not, not this side of heaven. Do you ever join a perfect church? But when you commit, you, you join people who say, we may not always get it perfect, but we want to say yes to Jesus with all that we can. We want to say yes to him. And finally, another question. If Jesus were to come along and he said to you, I want to go to your house for dinner, what are you making? No, that's not it. But who else are you going to invite to come to your house? Who else are you going to invite to have dinner with Jesus? Maybe you ought to invite him to a place like this. Jesus' last line Can you see him say it? See, friends, because from time to time, we're all like Zacchaeus. We can all be up in a tree. We can think that we're found, but sometimes we're lost. And then there are times when we really know that we're lost. At the end of the day, Jesus says, came to seek and save those who were lost. Jesus comes to find us, to speak to us, to connect us to God. And if you're up in a tree today, maybe you know Jesus, but you're just lost in other ways. If you're up in a tree today, Listen to him say to you, afresh and anew, I want to go to your house. I want to go to your house. I want to go to your house. And take him in and let him do his work. Jesus, when he gets to your house, don't be surprised because he does this often. He begins to take over. Anytime he goes to a house, he'll oftentimes pick up the loaf and he'll say, this is my body. It's been given for you, broken for you. And it's my life that I give and long to share with you. 
And then he'll take the cup. And he'll say, this is my life. The blood of a new covenant. Zacchaeus, you want to be connected to God? Friend here in this place, you want to be connected to God? Here Jesus invites you to come and drink of this cup. Don't actually drink in this place, but take the bread and dip it in the cup and drink deeply of him. Kind Father, would you pour out your spirit upon us who are gathered in this place, upon the gifts of the bread and the cup, Would you help us see that you make a way for all of us to feast at your table? You invite us all to come and dine with you, to be connected to you, to not let the things that we've always stated hinder us, hinder us. You draw close to us. So in this moment, in this place, Would you empower us by your spirit to draw close to you? That we might be changed and that we might be your people, the sons and daughters of Abraham, the friends of God. In your name we pray, amen.